Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Well, welcome back to Anchored In Always. You know, in recent episodes, we've been walking through some of the Celebrate Recovery Issues pamphlets together, and I started with some of my own areas of struggle, like anger and codependency. And so today I wanted to discuss another area that I also struggle with, and I see this often at Celebrate Recovery, and that is body image and food addiction. Like most of these issues, it is just um, usually a coping mechanism that we use to deal with a a deeper hurt. So an unhealthy relationship with food and or our bodies really does begin and continue on throughout our lives for lots of different reasons. As far as food, it can be really complicated because we do need food to survive, so we just can't remove it from our lives like maybe we could alcohol or drugs. And so it's more about our relationship to food and how we use it to comfort ourselves. Are we eating more or less when we're emotional or using it as a means of having something that we can control in our chaotic lives instead of gathering with loved ones to share a meal or as fuel to sustain our body so that we can live abundant lives and interact actively with those we love? Instead, obsessing about everything we eat or drink to change our bodies, and not for healthy reasons, but to fit an imagined or a perceived standard of acceptance by others or the world in general, thinking that by achieving this, then we will experience fulfillment, peace, and acceptance. Often with food addiction and body image issues, we can hide our destructive behaviors or even cover them up with the lie that we are just being healthy because we may feel ashamed that we're out of control or maybe we're afraid that we'll never find healing and so we just justify it to cope. You know, this leads to jeopardizing our relationships, our health, our jobs, morals and values and much more so that we can continue the self-destructive behaviors. As I did with anger and codependency, I'm going to read through um, the Celebrate Recovery pamphlet on this issue, and these are the characteristics often associated with this issue. And again, this list is that includes these that I'm going to read, but they're not limited to the ones that I'm reading today. And if you find yourself resonating with several or more of these, then I would just strongly encourage you to talk to someone maybe a counselor, a pastor. Most churches today have women's ministry pastors, so maybe if you feel more comfortable talking with a woman. And of course, I always encourage you to find support and accountability through programs like Celebrate Recovery or other support groups. So from the pamphlet, and and I want to remind you that you can find this and all the other pamphlets on the Celebrate Recovery website, which is just celebraterecovery.com. I'll put that link in the show notes for you as well. So number one says, an inability to discern when physically hungry or physically full. And number two, excessive or compulsive consumption of food, binging, and or getting rid of food, purging. So when we choose not to listen to the signals that our body gives us, either telling us to eat and instead we're choosing to ignore that, and often many women share that they do this to feel a sense of control 
when their lives are chaotic and circumstances or people are out of their control. Or emotional eating, and so we're not listening to the signal that you're full, and then binging on food until you feel sick physically or throw up. Sometimes it's a way to punish ourselves often. But both of these ways are destructive long-term to our health and wellness. And number three says self-induced starvation, excessive use of laxatives, enemas, diet pills, or medications for weight loss. And four, excessive and or unhealthy weight loss. So our society is fast-paced and what I often refer to as a microwave society. And so we tend to think that there's just a quick fix and a way to get instant results. And if we don't get instant results, then we feel like we failed or we're doing something wrong. And so we just keep searching and searching. And I know personally, I've tried so many different diets and exercise programs, just hoping to change my body quickly. And these are never healthy or sustainable long-term. Number five tells us, um, says obsession with body weight and shape. And then number six, spending the majority of your day just thinking about food, when you'll eat, what you'll eat, how your body looks, and how much you weigh. Comparison truly kills. We can get so caught up in comparing ourselves to filtered versions of other people and then always feeling like we just come up short, that we need to change. Thinking if we just achieve that certain weight or size, then we will finally be happy and accepted. And that's just a lie. And um, number seven says belief that there is one or more perfect diet program, plan, pill, or exercise that will be the answer we've been looking for. You know, we waste so much time that we just can't get back searching for something to fix us and make us happy. Number eight says low self-esteem and or negative body image. Just truly picking ourselves apart, focusing on everything that we don't like about ourselves and our bodies. I know I do this. And then lastly, number nine says emotional disconnect from self, others, and God. When we focus so much on ourselves, we truly do disconnect from other people and God. We begin to isolate and numb our feelings instead of enjoying relationships as he intended us to. So I just want to say that some of you listening today may need medical treatment and or intervention first and foremost, and then a program like Celebrate Recovery can help you maintain. Many people that come to Celebrate Recovery in crisis or in active disease often need professional help and intervention such as rehab, treatment, and counseling in addition to recovery or sometimes even before they start recovery. And there is no shame in that. But I want to share with you how Celebrate Recovery can help with the struggle. And again, this list is not limited to the ones that I'm going to read. But number one says, accept Jesus Christ as your higher power. We believe that it is through a growing and intimate relationship with Jesus that we find lasting healing and recovery from all of life's hurts, habits, and hangups. And that's because he has the power to help us recover. Number two working the 12-step recovery process diligently and consistently. And we say this all the time, but this program works if you work it. We all need support, encouragement, and accountability. Number three, shifting our worship from food and our bodies to God. This is truly a mindset shift. When we surrender control to God, we begin to focus on Him and realize our deep need for Him over these bad habits. And we realize that that void that we're trying to fill with something is, is one that only he can fill. And so we worship the creator instead of the created. 
Number four, finding healthy coping mechanisms for negative feelings, emotions, and circumstances. How do we do this? Well, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we transform ourselves by the renewing of our mind. And what I love about Celebrate Recovery is it's a step-by-step process that teaches you really how to do that how to surrender your control to Jesus, and how to take right next steps in your life. Number five is developing a healthy identity and a positive self-worth that comes from God, not our bodies or other people. When we realize how much he truly loves us and that he has a purpose and a plan for our lives, it changes everything. He has paid the price for our freedom, and we understand who we are in Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. And this leads into the next point. Number six is learning to love ourselves as God loves us. So knowing that we are worth the work that it takes for him to heal us. You are worth it. Number seven, emotionally connecting with God, self, and others and developing safe relationships. We are wired for community. God made us for a relationship with him first, and then he also saw our need for each other. So we learn how to connect with him and other people instead of focusing on an unhealthy relationship with food. Number eight, viewing food as fuel for our body and as something that God gave us to enjoy. And also number nine, learning and listening to our body's cues for hunger, fullness, and what foods to eat. You know, as we draw closer to God, He will help you discern what is the truth versus lies. And recovery helps you identify triggers. And then it gives you tools, the tools to respond in healthy ways when you are triggered. Number 10, discerning the difference between physical and emotional hunger. Again, having this ability to pause and really recognize when you are genuinely hungry versus when you are using food to cope or numb. So you're no longer in denial. 11. Decreasing obsession with food and body and replacing it with self-acceptance, contentment, peace, and fulfillment from God. I truly believe that this is the part that helps keep us sober in our areas of struggle. When we're in our addictive and compulsive behaviors, we are very self-focused. But as we work step 12 and principle 8, which says, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and my words. So we begin serving other people and walking alongside them as they begin their journey. And it really not only reminds us how far we've come, but also that we don't want to go back to where we were and we want to help them. So it's just really motivating. We begin to take the focus off our own struggles as we serve others. And 12, developing a balanced, healthy approach to food and health. As we finally break free from the bondage of food addiction and body image issues, We experience the freedom to enjoy food as God intended intended it for us, not as captives to it, but using it to nourish and sustain us physically. We get what we need emotionally and spiritually from him. And so our relationship with food can be what it's supposed to be. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. 13, healing our distorted beliefs about food, ourselves, and our bodies. So we can start believing the truth about ourselves, that we are fully loved, 
absolutely forgiven and totally accepted children of God, just as we are. We can be confident in the truth as we spend time in His Word and in communication with Him daily through prayer. So I hope that this was helpful for you today and encouraging. And if you struggle in this area, there really is hope. Reach out to someone today. You don't have to live in bondage to food addiction or a constant desire to change your body. You can walk in freedom and victory, but you do have to start somewhere and you have to be willing to do the work. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that we can have an honest and real conversation about areas that we struggle in, that we don't have to be ashamed and hide it, but we can expose it to the light and find real lasting healing and victory. God, I pray for the person listening today who has felt captive to their food addiction or has struggled with really loving their bodies. I pray that they would see themselves as you do and begin to seek the abundant life that you have for them, that they would know that they are loved and valued just as they are, and that there is hope. I pray that they would take steps today to reach out for help, and as they do, Lord, that you would meet them in that place and lead them to where they need to be. It's in your name we pray. Hey friend, are you feeling stuck? Maybe in your relationship with God, yourself, or other people in your life. As a professional life and relationship coach, I can help you discover unhealthy patterns and mindsets that are holding you back from experiencing more fulfilling relationships and stepping into that God-sized calling in your life with confidence. You can email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com or go to bit.ly forward slash anchoredindiscovery to schedule your free 20-minute discovery session with me to see how we can partner together. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored and Always. I will put all of these links in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Please take a quick minute to subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.